Bulletcast for life. This is X Pac, and you're listening to Bulletcast. Get up, get up. This is a revolution. This is our time to rise. Look deep within your mind. Look deep into the hate in my eyes. We are the elite, and you are the weak. No matter how hard I fall, I'll get back up on Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case if you don't, I am a 25-year-old piece of gold. Oh, my God. Jesus, I got older. I am the microphone messiah, and I, yes, I am your current reigning, defending, 10-time bullet cast champion, just like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roddy Strong, and Adam Cole, baby. This title reign is hashtag forever undisputed for life, brother. It is the first bullet cast of 2021. I'm incredibly excited, guys. I really am. You know, it's about time. It's about time that this was in my grasp. This is why you need to watch the video so you can see this this beautiful masterpiece that I had created. Shout out West Coast Design. But you know, I never do these alone. He's my tag team partner, the Jim and the Jay, the Totem Arn, the Stevie Ray to my Booker T. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the host of the award-winning Under the Radar, host and creator of Curveballs and Share Shots. He is a 10-time Bullet Cast champion as well. The Canadian Destroyer, BT, Brandon Tanguma. Brandon, Happy New Year, bud. How you doing? You're, you're doing all right? Happy New Year, Philip. Happy birthday. Thank but you. I'm, I'm not doing all that well because, you know, First time ever we did Wrestle Kingdom as a part of the Bullet Cast Championship. But I'm perfectly fine with that. I watched I watch New Japan. I love it. WrestleMania was two days last year. We did both days. That's fine. I understand. It's two shows. It's we, we can defend that both days. But then, you know, somebody wins it the first day, and then we don't even talk about we don't even defend it week two or day two. So when I'm the champion, I have to defend it on the show we never do. But then when somebody else is the champion, then, you know, apparently day two doesn't even matter, apparently. Look, I told everyone on and off air, we'll just do night one, guys. We'll just we'll just do night one. That, that, that's what I told the people. I mean, I mean, the, the better matches, you know, they, they were on night one. I mean, let's be let's be real. I didn't even watch night two. I, I didn't even watch it. Didn't even care to watch. You it. didn't see our boy Jeff Cobb and Shingo Takagi put on an absolute banger. Uh, no, no, I did not. Uh, Jeff, I love you. I love you, bud. I, you know, you've been on the show. You're, you're a great guy. I, I haven't I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. I haven't. No. No. When we get later on in the podcast, we'll do Wrestle Kingdom Thoughts. I'll do one and two. Philip will just do one. Wow. You know, I, I saw a little bit of uh, my, my, my boy, the Switchblade, doing some things. All right. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, episode 205, New Year, same-ish. Nothing changes. Same mentality going through. We're here to achieve goals. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, this is going to be kind of, when we talk about SmackDown and Raw, just kind of stuff that's happened in the last couple of weeks because, you know, we we did the Bullet Cast Awards. That was our last episode. All right, so uh, SmackDown, Biggie wins the Intercontinental Championship. How do you feel about that? I'm very excited for Biggie. Finally, he kind of makes that next step. I thought it was a good match. They've been uh, building up for a little bit now. I think people have been thinking Biggie might be a viable Royal Rumble contender, but I think at this point with him winning the IC title, I don't think he's going to be winning the Royal Rumble this year. Maybe next year. I think we're, we'll, you know, we'll get into Royal Rumble predictions sooner rather than later, but I'm, I'm looking at Daniel Bryan again. I feel like I do that every single year and I always get disappointed, but uh, I, I'm really excited to see what Biggie can do. I know maybe with the death of Brody Lee, maybe he kind of has an extra motivation. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to be something. And I have, very high expectations for Biggie. I think he can uh, be, I mean, 
they don't have a lot of like young baby faces that I think can connect with the crowd. And I think Biggie is honestly one of those people. Absolutely, Biggie. You know, what if he what if he broke out Brody's discus Larry? I think that'd be a cool move for him to throw in there every once every once in a game. Every once in a game. Um, I'm Biggie could win the Royal Rumble. We don't know, man. You know, you know anything could happen in in the world of WWE. We we don't know. I'm still pulling for Lana to either win it or be in the final two, bottom four, one of those things. You know what I mean? Uh, Roman Apparently, Reigns. Lana has like a busted elbow or shoulder and some, some feet injuries or something. Get well soon, baby girl. Get well soon. Roman Reigns, he retained the Universal Championship in a steel cage match against Kevin Owens. And then you follow it up with Kevin Owens being thrown off a platform in the virtual WWE universe. Yes, that, that did happen. Uh, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns. I mean, it's basically WWE, what we've been seeing for years now. Good in-ring match, and then the finish is doggish. And they had the football. They had football lead it into SmackDown on the East Coast on Christmas. It led to a really big rating. I think, you know, yeah, maybe impress some people, but I, I think Roman Reigns is doing great work. They're also kind of protecting Kevin Owens a tad bit. But I think at this point where it's like Kevin, I think Kevin, as much as I love him, I feel as though he's almost kind of beyond the point of repair. So you can protect him and like, you know, do these kind of finishes and stuff, which I'm okay with, but it's like, you're not going to like, if you're going to go back to the wall, he, Kevin Owens is not going to be the guy to dethrone uh, Roman Reigns. It's going to be somebody else, whether yeah. it's the rock or Dana Bryan or Biggie in a year. Kevin Owens isn't the guy, unfortunately like, he could be, he could have been, but it's just not going to happen. Hey, that'd be nice. Just let Roman have a grasp on that for a year. Uh, you didn't like the finish of the steel cage match? It's a steel cage match. What's the point of a steel cage match, Philip? For nobody, nobody, nobody to no interference, nobody to get in. And then what happened? Say so. Handcuffed him. Interfered. Technically, didn't get into the cage, which. Thank God, because we've seen so many cage in hell in a cell match where someone actually gets into the cage. But yeah, yeah. I mean, look it. I, I liked it because normally somebody's like, oh, help me out, help me out, help me out. Kevin didn't do that. He just sat there and he was like, you know, you a little, you a little biatch, you know, he just sat there and, you know, took his L like he realized what was going down, you know? So I, I, I liked it for that reason, you know, and go, going back to the biggie uh, Sami Zayn stipulation, that was the lumberjack match. And that was the stipulation that actually held up its end of the bargain. It didn't end in some schmoz where the heel and baby face, uh, lumberjacks are just fighting and then Sammy can just like scurry out or do some sort of, you know, cheeky underhanded tactics to get the win. No, he tried to leave the baby face lumberjack pulled him back in. He was kicking and screaming. Biggie hits his finish and he wins. That's what a lumberjack match should be. A cage match should be the blow off. It should be no interference whatsoever. There shouldn't be escape the cage rule, but that's just, that's WWE for you. I, I do like AEW not doing that the one time they had a cage match, but overall I think SmackDown has definitely been really good. These past, you know, ever since Roman returned, they've been, but I think they've started to hit their peak. We saw with the big rating after uh, on Christmas Day with uh, the football lead. And so I think people are starting to recognize that SmackDown, it, it should be the A show because it's on Fox, but I think it's definitely the better show at this point. Oh, no, absolutely. Hands down. Absolutely. All right. We're going to, this is, is, this is outside of the ring news, but you know, I, I didn't put it there. It has to be its own separate topic. Hogan gets the cold shoulder from younger talent. So uh, my boy, Sir, welcome to the Jobber Tears podcast. Go follow those guys. They do great work uh, out there in New York. Yeah, he uh, he took to Instagram and uh, cut a nice little three to four minute promo about Hogan has gone on record and said, you know, since he's been back with the company, 
um, younger talent, whether it be African-American or whatnot, have given him the cold shoulder. I wonder why. Why do you think that is, Brandon? Why, why is Hogan be getting the cold shoulder? Well, I think it would be because he was caught on tape saying some racially insensitive as well as some racial slurs on on a hidden camera. And then he gets banned from WWE. And then when he comes back, he has a little meeting with the boys and girls. And basically the the gist of the story of him and his apology was, brother, just watch who you're with and don't get secretly recorded. Nothing to do with what he actually said. Yeah, you know, and the reports were that like New Day and Titus and all the like the, the black wrestlers they've walked out or whatever. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, Hogan's not sorry for what he said. He's sorry that he got caught, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we've been talking about this for what we're going on six years with this story. Look, look, man. You look. I, I, I get it. You know, he's he's a big icon. Sure. Mm, mm. We're, we're tired of looking at him. We really are. Like nobody f's with Hogan. No, no, nobody's with that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also like the current generation, like, yeah, there's some older ones that maybe are kind of like, link, like, you know, the, the 30 plus rows, but like our age and like a little bit younger, like they don't connect with Hogan as much as, you know, maybe some people 10 to 15 years older than us. And so, you know, yeah, they probably have some sort of nostalgia for Hogan, but it's not like if they were, if this was like 10 years ago, it's like people who really grew up with Hogan. And so like, yeah, they probably respect him for everything he did. But there's also, I mean, there's a culture now, which I think is good for better, for worse sometimes where it's like people see that if you do something really bad and you exactly like aren't, you know, thoughtful in your apology, which this apology really wasn't all that great. And even like outside of the WWE locker room thing that apparently happened like he it doesn't seem like he's really like remorseful or like tries to go out of his way to prove that he's a changed man absolutely absolutely all right moving on from that xbox has been cleared from hemp seed and wants to wrestle again uh he was diagnosed with this uh, i guess during his tna run and i mean he he was in that cow palace battle royale right so how 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 could he i guess though the story i read was he could do like multi-man matches or something like that like quick 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 encounters but nothing like for a, for a long duration so um i guess you know xbox announced on his podcast this is the year he wants to have a little retirement tour i'm not a doctor i don't exactly know what everything that goes on with hepsi and everything like that but i mean if he's cleared if the doctors say it's 100 percent fine if he bleeds or if anything happens to where it won't be transmittable I mean, I'm, I'm cool with it, but also, you know, we're in a pandemic and people and blah, 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 blah. Who knows if, in, if indie shows are even going to be around. I mean, I think we're not going to see like full-fledged indie shows until like, you know, the fall of this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Outside of the ring, AEW uh, retired the current version of the TNT championship, which in reality, they just changed the strap from red to black. Looks, looks, it looks different, right? You know, a black strap on the title that makes it look nice. Anyway, they gave the red one to uh, Brody's son, which you know that was a, that was a cool uh, thing that they did. Shout out to AEW on that. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I think we we talked about it. Like, I was not a big fan of the the red strap, so putting the black strap on it, I think it looks a whole hell of a lot better. There we go. All right, uh, CM Punk tried to buy Ring of Honor back in 2010. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean. Back in 2010, he was with WWE, so he had a little bit of money. And I, I can't, I mean, I wasn't really a fan back then, so I can't exactly comment on what ROH was looking like. 
But if, if CM Punk, you know, I mean, this also kind of shows like how much CM Punk loved the business at this point to where he was going to willing to buy a whole company and maybe try to save it. But that, that doesn't seem like the case anymore. Cause I think, well, I don't think he can do it now because Sinclair owns it. And that's a really big corporation that is even bigger than WWE. And people don't really recognize that, but uh, it's a little interesting tidbit. Absolutely. All right. There is a Rowdy Roddy Piper biopic in the works and the Rock Seven Bucks production company is going to be um, helping make this movie. They've made or help make other movies like uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, what, what else? The Jumanji, you know, Black Adam, stuff like Shazam. They, they've helped make stuff like that. Uh, so what are your thoughts on a Roddy Piper biopic? I think it's a, a really good idea. I think Roddy Piper has a very distinct story and you know people are going to want to think of what happened in wwf and wcw but also like beforehand what happened like in his younger years and even like up in uh washington and everything like that so he has you know a, a really troubling background which i think maybe not a lot of people like know too much about so i think if people kind of go into it and they kind of their eyes will be open to exactly what his story was and i think it's a very interesting story as well and also a sad story especially when he did that what hbo interview and is like in 15 years i'm not going to be here and he didn't make those 15 years yeah that's uh <clears throat> that's sad what did he actually die of do we know it's some kind of illness right it wasn't it wasn't from the, the bumps or, or, the, or the bruises do we know? i guess this is the uh this the is daily the thing i go google Yes, this is the part where uh, Brandon has to Google the things I want to know, even if they're as as gruesome as how somebody died, how somebody lost their life, how how they are no longer with us. So, so do we do we have an answer yet, Brandon? Okay, so on July thirty first, two thousand fifteen, he died in his sleep at the age of sixty one in Hollywood, California. His death certificate cites a card cardiopulmonary arrest caused by hypertension. So he had a pulmonary embolism. I guess. Okay. No. So a lot of big words that I, I cannot talk about because I'm not a doctor, as I said earlier. Yes. 61. Jesus, that's how old Sting is. Oh, my God. Mm-mm-mm. People want Sting to wrestle. Yes. Uh, wrestle Kingdom 15 happened. It, night one happened on my birthday, which is how I uh, how I acquired that bad boy. Um, let me see. Let me see here. Let me see here. Night one, it was cool. I thought the 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 match of the night was uh, Okada versus Osprey. I was really looking forward to that to see uh, what the Rainmaker was gonna do, and uh, he handled business. And a uh, shout out to Kota Ibushi finally winning the IWGP Championship. He becomes God. You know what I mean? Mm, that, that's all you gotta say about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shout out Cindy. You know, Cindy, she does her into the stratosphere. She she recaps both nights because you know she watched both nights. But uh, for me. I really enjoyed Wrestle Kingdom. I thought, you know, fantastic show as they usually always are. Uh, I think with the whole two night thing, I think New Japan kind of needs to look at and to see like the storylines of, you know, having double champion or, you know, defending both nights and maybe kind of stepping away from that. But uh, overall, I thought the matches, they all delivered. I thought they were all fantastic. I agree with Philip. I really enjoyed Will Ospreay and Okada. I think that was the match of the night for me, night one. Going to night two, I mean, I think it's really close. I think night two might have just snuck it out. I think it was a, a better show. I think, as I said, Jeff Cobb, Shingo Takagi, never open weight title, just an absolute banger too. Just big, beefy, thick boys just beating the hell out of each other. I enjoyed it quite a bit. We got Hiromu Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori, junior heavyweight title. They, uh, I mean, they, they put on they put on a clinic crowd. I don't think it was as hot as maybe I wanted them to be, but 
with them, you know, working so fast paced and not able to make audible with their mouth noises, it might be a little hard for them to keep up with the clapping. And then the main event, uh, uh, Kota Bushi defending the double gold against Jay White. And I mean, just a marathon of a match. 48 minutes, five seconds, I believe, was the official time. Longest Tokyo Dome match ever. So it surpasses, uh, you know, the greatest match of all time, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada from a few years back, which Philip is probably happy that 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 match is stricken from the record books now. But uh, it was just like a cathartic, you know, end of end of the game boss fight where just they hit every big moves. I think Coda kicks out of the switchblade was like one of the first times that ever happened. Coda uh, gets the win. Sonata comes out and challenges him, but then, you know, he steps aside like a baby face should. And Kota Bushi uh, cuts his little promo. He announces or kind of talks about how he wants to unify those belts. So uh, I'm all for that. Less titles, the better. And then Jay White, I think made the most news, especially here in North America with his English promo kind of just maniacally laughing and just like I go through all this for you people and this is the you know response I get and I'm quitting and after New Year's Dash this is my last uh, New Japan show what does that mean I don't know personally I think he's staying with New Japan I, I but Jay White I think people don't need to wreck if they don't know they need to know Jay White is the best heel in the business I know Roman is doing great work and I've been singing his praises but Jay White is the best heel in the business right now let me let me talk about the the credit of Jay White real quick and you know Okada Omega I mean still guys Randy Orton and Edge they literally just have the greatest wrestling match ever I don't know why people don't want to accept that anyway so look um, that Cal Palace show uh, that New Japan did out here when uh, Jay White and uh, Juice Robinson wrestled for the U.S. title the pop that Juice got was like I don't know like. Magnum TA winning the U.S. title back in the 80s. Like, it was a massive pop like that. And that's a credit to the heel work that Jay White uh, put in that night in just all, all the uh, weeks and months lead, leading up to uh, that, that eventual match. So, no, that's a credit to Jay White. He, he, he is a, he, he's a big deal. I like the switchblade. I, I, switchblade. I breathe in with the switchblade. I, I'm, I'm a fan of his. Where does he go if he does leave New Japan? I don't know. I don't know. That, that'd be very interesting, you know. That, that, that really would be. I'm wondering if maybe this is like a sign of a baby face turn. I kind of hope not. I, I know kind of Bullet Club is getting a little crowded right now with evil and everything like that, but they they don't, I mean, especially now with Will Ospreay turning, they don't have a lot of Gaijin uh, baby faces at the moment. I mean, Juice is there and some other people, but uh, I, I kind of hope Jay White stays heel. And it's just a compliment of what he's done. Cause I remember a few years back when he debuted, as a switchblade i wasn't the biggest fan of him because he just kind of felt like a young guy just kind of cosplaying the switchblade but now he's gotten a little older he got the beard he's really coming to his own and as you said i mean that cow palace show technically probably wasn't the best match of the night but just you know the smartest of smart crowd was booing the hell out of jay white and that's what he can do and i mean fa- was, fantastic it, stuff it was the psychology it, like everything that went into it uh, the little mishap with uh, pushing Jr. and uh, Josh Barnett getting involved, and it, it all just it all just played out. Um, I wanted to talk about this too. Marty Skrull and Ring of Honor have officially parted ways. Um, I mean, Marty, he you know he did weird 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 ish. He did some weird ish, which Mex Mendoza has tried to defend what Marty did, and I'm like, nah, bro, that's that that's not okay. We we don't just have relations with with 16 year old girls uh so if anybody does pick up marty scroll who do you think that should be see the marty scroll situation it's like complicated and it's kind of like 
I, I don't know exactly how to tackle it. It's almost kind of like the I, I kind of equate it to the Matt Riddle situation because it's like Matt like Matt Riddle has his accusations. They're kind of you know muddy and we don't exactly know like the true what exactly happened. He's not like David Starr or uh, Joey Ryan where it's like it's clear cut you know, what they did was terrible, banish them to the shadow realm. And if they never wrestle again, fine. But then for Marty and, you know, some of the other maybe UK guys, it's like, you know, they, they but, did some bad things, but it's like, how do we give them a second chance? And if so, especially, well, especially like, cause we're in the pandemic, like whenever they come back, it'll be the first time people see them. So it's like, they're going to probably like get a real negative reaction. It's probably going to be some blowback because there hasn't been like any indie show or any show whatsoever. We really seen any of these people. I, I Marty's presence was felt on AEW uh, last night with the whole whoop, whoop, too, too sweet thing. Uh, look, so a couple things you just said, Matt Riddle's accusers have been coming after him for years, like even before WWE, like when he was on the Indies or whatever. And I guess that that's been put to bed. Uh, Joey Ryan, I mean, uh, we, we talked about that video he did, right? Unfortunately. Yeah. Which I, you know, I, I, he provided a lot of evidence. I'm still kind of on the fence about that stuff, but Marty, I mean, so, I mean, you, you talk, did he blatantly just say like, yeah, this happened, but it was consensual. Is that what he said? And that's pretty much what happened. And it's been like, what is it like? six eight months at this point and he's been pretty quiet like i follow him on instagram and i think he's posted like some photos here and there not exactly going too much he did post a video uh, a photo today of just him full gimmick you know with the mask on and everything i don't know what that means if he's because uh, like the logical place would be AEW, especially with what with what happened at the end of the show but like there's still people there and i know they they did the whole whoop whoop chant and everything like that but i i don't know if it's like you wait long enough and people just forget or it's Marty Skrull and he's charismatic and people like him kind of like Matt Riddle. But I mean, Velveteen Dream, we thought maybe that would be the case, but even like me personally, or I mean, I know it's just me personally speaking, but it's like, he feels cooled off and it's just kind of like icky, especially because he has like a real sexualized character. So I don't know, you know, they're all kind of different scenarios and different gimmicks, but I think if he is going to AW, I think you still got to wait a little bit. Absolutely. I, I, was, I was hoping you were going to talk a little bit longer so I could finish chewing the uh, chewing the breadsticks here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Are they Olive Garden breadsticks? Uh, no, no. Little, little Caesars. Damn. Damn. I'm not really an Olive Garden guy. Damn. Well, I'm not I'm not an Olive Garden. What's so great about Olive Garden? Tell us. It's the breadsticks, of course. I mean, we have one here in the Bay. I mean, in the Bay Area and in, in the Hayward area on Asparian, but it's always like a our way to get in so i usually never go to olive garden used to order the takeout all the time so you should get like the raviolis those were the, the bomb.com as a child didn't go to you didn't go to rigatoni's and get the raviolis get their microwaved ravioli you didn't do that no did not r.i.p bancheros if you if you know you know bancheros is the goat okay all right all right this day in wrestling gene kaniski wins the nwa title in 1966 oh boy Jesse the Body Ventura makes his commentary debut in 1985. The Mountie debuts in 1991. Tatanka and Papa Shango debut in 1992. I think it was All-Star Wrestling or Wrestling Superstars, one of the two. Uh, Tully Blanchard makes his ECW debut in 1995. ECW guilty as charged. The last ever ECW pay-per-view for the original ECW happened on this day in 2001. I can't believe 2001 has been 20 years already. Isn't that crazy, Brandon? Mm -hmm. It's mind-blowing mind to me. 
All right, Raw on this day in 2002. This is, you know, the big Triple H return where he comes back at the Garden, a massive pop. My boy Sam Roberts, he was there. He can tell you all about it. Go, go listen to his show. Uh, New Year's Resolution 2007. You have Kenny Dykstra defeating Ric Flair. You have Mickey James retaining the woman's title against uh, Victoria. And you have uh, Rated RKO and DX wrestling for the tag titles in a, uh, to a no finish. Uh, Raw on this day in 2008, Jeff Hardy wrestles Umaga. Uh, TNA on this day in 2008, Awesome Kong defeats Gail Kim for the knockouts title. Raw on this day in 2013, CM Punk defeats Ryback in a TLC match to retain the WWE Championship. And TNA on this day in 2015, Bobby Lashley defeats Robert Roode to once again become the uh, TNA champion. Do you have any uh, any thoughts about the things that happened on this day? The only, the only thing that stuck out to me was New Year's resolution. Kenny Dykstra beating Ric Flair. That seems like a trivia question to me. Wait, what? Kenny Dykstra beating Ric Flair in 2007. I can't believe that actually happened. Yeah, yeah. This is a... Uh... This is, ooh, yeah, because later on that year, uh, McMahon did the, you know, if you lose, you're fired, and then that's when Ric Flair went on his little his little tour, his little match tour, and then of course it ended against Sean. But yeah, yeah, these things happen, man. So I've been told. If you read it, it actually happened. Yes, 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 yes. All right, fan mail. Yeah. No. Woohoo! Come on, fan mail. Woohoo! Yeah. No, you're really not excited. Oh yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Who do you four twenty? Who do you? I was waiting for it. Happy New Year, mates. What was your favorite interview of 2020? I really enjoyed the Zicky Dice one. Uh, loved the way he opened up about his career and personal life. Yeah, man. Excuse me. Uh, Brandon, what was your favorite interview that we did of 2020? That does not have to do with that. Does not have to do with Kelly Kelly or the whole Starboy series. Ah, oh, dang it! Yeah, you got to finally get to do something, and then you, you gotta, just pull the rug you out gotta, from under me. You got to. I mean, we did 16, man. You know, the goal was 15. We we had one more, better. You know what? What should the goal be this year? Should we do 35? No, we're not going to do 35. 69. Oh, hey! Uh, come come on. So, what, what, okay. what, was, your, what was your favorite other than those? Well, other than those, obviously, uh, I would pick Bimbo Jimbo because, you know, we hung out with him. We talked to him, but, you know, you actually kind of got to dive a little deeper and talk to him a little bit. I found that kind of interesting. Not baby. He- wow. And, and, well, you know, I got to give love to my SF State boy. Wow. How, how you going to do that to Huey? How you, you going to do that to Huey? Um, I think for me and B- Baby Huey, uh, he talked he talked about this with me on and off air. The Shaw Guerrero interview I did, uh, that was the last one I, I did last year. Um, I mean, we can we 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 packed in 15 years of her life. I mean, Eddie died when she's 15; she's 30 now. We packed 15 years of her life into 30 minutes, and she's 30 years old. So it was kind of it was kind of a weird weird time frame in years and uh, minutes there. I think I think that was really cool for me, man. I mean. Talk about, you know, like, you know, her father dying, favorite memories of her father, her getting into the wrestling business, um, marrying Aiden English, you know, what she wants to do in the business today and her other ventures and other aspirations and just other things she does outside of the business. So I think I think that was really cool for me. I think I think that truly is one of the best I've ever done. And, you know, having Jimbo and Huey on my buddies, that was cool. Having Chris Van Vliet back on to kind of tie in, you know, his stuff with AEW and other stuff like that. Zicky Dice. 
Santana Jackson, that was cool for me being a Michael Jackson, Mark, you know, I mean, he didn't sound like Michael. He had a deeper voice, but no, just kind of when he's talking, I'm, I'm, my mic's muted and I'm thinking like, yo, this is kind of eerie because he looks so much like him with the makeup and stuff. So yeah, stuff, th those, I think those were, were, were really fun. You, you have any others that, that, uh, that stick out? Check out my interview with Starboy Charlie. Wow. <laughs> just just going to plug it anyway. Just going to plug it anyway. And Sparky Ballard. I, and I didn't I didn't realize the Starboy Charlie interviews got 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 such high numbers on the YouTube. Hey, I, I told you we got the golden touch. Once I interviewed him, he's a TikTok star now. I interviewed him before you did. Hold on. Hold. You got but more time. I got the got, golden touch. You, you got more. I have the golden touch. I mean, look, look at all these people. Look, look, look at Jeff Cobb. Look, look what he's doing. I don't, I, you know, I, I got the golden, I got the golden touch. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to just spread the love everywhere. You know, I got to put it where it counts, you know, Starboy Charlie, you know, TikTok popping off. There you go. Boom. You have the golden touch, but I, I got the big money touch. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. There we go. There I got the TikTok touch. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Check out Curveballs and Sure Shots on TikTok. Curveballs and CS posted our first ever TikTok. Oh my God. Oh, oh. You're an, you're an on-air personality, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. regular grown men that do that that's just weird exactly absolutely i'm creating content absolutely you know i'm and, and i'm not even like doing tiktoks of myself i'm just taking clips of streams i do of dominic trying to get a philip i knew you're a gamer have you ever played fall guys i have not i've not i've heard i've heard good things about it i may i mean i may have to get this I, it's a I really fun it's a really fun game if you i mean I'll probably station. It was free for a little bit, but uh, oh, okay. Dominic has been playing for about six to eight months, I think, at this point. Not consecutively, but he has yet to get his first crown. So we have been uh, on, on a search, on a journey for him to get his first crown. And his goal is by the end of 2021 to get a crown. And we shall see if that happens. Do you think I would enjoy this? It's a fun, it's a, you know, lighthearted game. It's a lot of fun if you're wasted, which go to Curveballs and Church Shots on YouTube. I got, got a little drinks in me on New Year's, but... Uh, Okay. Hey, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's fun. You know, just you're this, this little coffee mug shaped person. And you're just running around and jumping and grabbing things. And you got to be the last one standing, which, you know, I got, I won okay. two crowns in the last stream. Could have won three, but then I choked on fall mountain. Oh yeah. Okay. I got you. I'll have to go on the PlayStation store and uh, probably download that and see what's going on. All right. Jack of all trades. Uh, what do you guys, who do you guys think has the potential to be a breakout star this year? For me, I think Cedric Alexander, uh, really has a chance to show the world what he is truly capable of in the Hurt Business or once the group breaks up or if he leaves the group. Uh, breakout star, breakout star. Well, um, I think John, Johnny, Hung, Johnny Hungy, you know, John Silver, I think he has the potential to do some really good work this year. Uh, and I think even with the uh, the unfortunate passing of Brody Lee, there's an extra umph and everybody in the Dark Order to uh, really, you know, show out and show them that this group wasn't for nothing, that you know, Brody helped el truly elevate all of us, and I, I think I think that's what they're going to do. So my pick is a uh, my pick is John Silver. I like John Silver. I'm being the elite. You know, he's a whole lot of fun. I will say on the tribute show, he was wearing like the full Brody garb. Just stick to the trunks. I think when he puts pants on, he looks a lot shorter. But uh, I, I enjoy that pick. I'm trying to like go through my mind of like people. I'm trying to maybe go down the NXT route of a breakout star. I, I mean, I can we say shots? I, I was Shotsy? gonna say I was gonna say Shotzi. She had a she had a real I mean surprisingly good year last year, based on you know she just kind of came out of nowhere and she's like the host of uh, Halloween Havoc. So, I, I mean, I'll, you know what? I'll just go with Shotzi. I'll, I'll see exactly what she's doing. I say by the end 
2021 Shotzi Blackheart will have an NXT Women's Title reign. Absolutely, you know, uh, I want Dexter Loomis to capture the uh, the the North American title. I I, I think he because like. Uh, he, he was an impact, you know, when he was Samuel Shaw and he was weird, you know, he was like stalking women, which if they were to do that today, you know, even though it was like five years ago, you know, it didn't seem as, you know, weird. I mean, it was weird, but like it would have been a bigger deal, like on the NXT stage, even though now he's just kind of stalking men, which is. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of like a Mike Myers, a Jace character, we could say. I think uh, Dexter Loomis should win the NXT North America title in 2021. I, I think I think this will be his year. All right. Uh, and Brad is Day X. Mr. X. All right. Uh, well, it says Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mr. X. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, is the negative one slash Marco stunt feud the feud we didn't know we wanted? Have you seen have you seen those clips? I have not seen his clips of like negative one, you know, cutting a promo against Marco Stunton. It really doesn't help that the kid's almost as tall as Marco. I, I have seen negative one, uh, you know, pinned Adam Cole. So Adam Cole. Yeah. I put the, got to put the kid over, bro. Hey, the, you know, he was beating up uh, the acclaim too, right? Or top flight. He was beating up top flight. Yeah. The, the kid hasn't, he can throw the discus lariat like his pops, you know? Uh, remember we went to that uh, karaoke thing at Starcast. And did did you did you see Marco walking around? I feel like I saw Marco. Maybe not exactly there, but I think I might have saw him. He he is quite short. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the match we need in about like ten years is Nicholas versus Brody Lee Jr. There you go. Yeah, and I hope Brody. Where, Lee... I mean, I feel like where is Nicholas? I feel like we I... need to see a cameo of Nicholas. Oh, Brody Lee whoops that ass. My personal opinion. My personal opinion. Uh, has twenty twenty one decided to get all of the all of the match of the year candidates out of the way in the last few days? I don't know, man. I mean, there there have been there have been some decent matches already, already. And oh god, here we go. The H the H phone is this is this that uh, mature content the USA Network was clamoring for? No, it is not. No, it no, it is not. Uh, I didn't even watch that segment because of how terrible I already knew it was going to be. The now what? that what the what were we talking about the H phone, the H phone. You know, Hogan, missing something. Hogan's phone. Where um, tra- where translate racial slurs. Um. Yeah, brother. Uh, now that Ibushi and Kenny Omega are champions, plus uh the somewhat reemergence of the Bullet Club in AEW and Impact, could we soon see New Japan get involved in the cross company promotion? Dude, I don't know. So I was going to get into this in the AEW, but since Mr. X brought it up, I'll talk about it here. I saw a fun conspiracy theory on the Twitter machine that John Moxley, United States champion, he popped up on Wrestle Kingdom. He's going to defend it against Kenta. Kenta, right now, is part of the Bullet Club. So is Kenny and the Bullet Club boys softening up John Moxley so Kenta can be the U.S. champion? I'm just saying. I mean, it all kind of connects together. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Will Moxley make a run in at Hard to Kill? That'd be cool. He'd be on three different companies in one year that'd be, or in one month. That'd be different. All right. Uh, finally, Snoop Dogg's top rope splash. Good God. Hey, he, you know, he calls that the dog pound, right? Uncle, Uncle Snoop needs to uh, get back in the gym. That was not a good look right there. Get back in the gym. Bro, I don't think he's, he's ever been. I don't think he's ever been in the gym. Like, he's been the same, like, build for the last 
30 years. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Wiz Khalifa. Like Wiz Khalifa, he's like gone to the gym and he's still like 120 pounds. It's all it's all the weed, bro. It's all Just the weed. Maybe burns maybe, all the fat in the muscle for you. Maybe that's the answer for us, Brandon. Maybe we'll we'll be thin boys if we do that. Biggest fan of the marijuana. Just make, just making sure. Just making sure. All right, uh, here we go. Monday Night Raw. So Keith Lee uh, was unsuccessful in his opportunity to, to acquire the WWE title from Drew McIntyre. What'd you think of that? Really good match. I, I did enjoy that there was no outside interference. Sheamus didn't get involved at all, which I almost kind of expected. But Drew McIntyre, you know, beats Keith Lee. Really good match. Keith, as much as I love him, I think this was the right decision. Put him over clean. Don't get. Uh, you know, a crappy finish, but it also is kind of like they do the crappy finishes so often that when you do maybe get a clean finish, maybe it hurts the person who gets pinned a little bit more than it probably should. But really, I mean, really good match and really showed what Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee can do. Because I, I know I'm, you're going to yell at me for this, but, you know, Drew McIntyre having matches with Randy Orton all the time aren't going to be as athletically spectacular as when he's with Keith Lee. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I'm not, I'm not seeing. It's not about athletics and spectacularism. It's about psychology and getting us to buy in and to believe what's going on in the middle of the squared circle, Brandon. Well, at least he didn't light Drew McIntyre on fire. So positives, you know, y'all. Oh, Randy Orton almost lit Alexa bliss on fire. How do you feel about that? Little Miss Sparkle Splash. As much as I hated the the end of Hell in a Cell, or whatever that was, TLC, I, I feel as though the ending to Raw was even dumber. Because then they just play it off like, oh, it cut to black and we don't know what happened. I know they like kind of explained it in the promo with Randy afterwards, but it's like, what are we doing? Like, why are we cutting to black and then we're just shoving a camera right up in Randy Orton's face like it is, I mean, Presumably the camera will be in between Alexa and Randy. And it's like, what the hell? Like, I know um, cinematic matches and everything, but it's like, we, we don't I feel know like that. when it's, when it's, when it's in the ring, can we not be like, you know, so no. cinematic about it? There could have been a camera on the outside and they just had that nice zoom. WWE has some very nice equipment. So they're able to zoom through Alexa Bliss because they were sa- they were standing face to face. He was at an angle, bro. It's it's, it's an angle. It's an angle. It's all about. So they got like, they got like a Doctor Gadget, uh, you know, in, in, Inspector Gadget camera where it could just like shoot out and like kind of turn to the left and just put it right in to Randy's face. Bro, it's all about the angle. You know, like how when you take itself, it's all about the angles. There's certain angles you have to hit. As what Drake said, it's all about the mother effing angles. Yes, shout out, shout out to my my fellow Canadian. All right, and after this, um, Bill Bill Oldberg Bill Bill Goldberg comes out, and uh, so <laughs> this is another thing with Raw. Bill Goldberg says that Drew doesn't appreciate the men and women that came before him. Drew was supposed to cut a promo, you know, saying that you know, like your time is up, my time is now. I wonder where I've heard that before. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but that was scrapped, you know, because, you know, Hogan had to have his H-phone promo or whatever. And then, you know, uh, Goldberg, you know, he, he wants a sh- title shot at the, for the WWE title at the Royal Rumble, which I guess he's getting. Pushes uh, McIntyre down, and McIntyre gets up and headbutts him, but we don't see this on TV because they ran out of the time. They have three hours. They have three hours. You I'm know? still confused. Is, like, Raw, like, actually live, or is it kind of pre-taped and edited? I, I I have no idea. I really don't. I, I would assume somewhat live. Yeah. 
I don't know. Anyway, my point is, uh, we didn't need to, we didn't need an H phone. We we really we really didn't need one. Re- like, I don't I don't get this. I don't, I don't get this. You know. And another thing, you know, with Sting just showing up with the bat, at least Goldberg's old butt gets involved. Come on now, man. What are we doing? Yes. I'm, mad, I'm mad at everybody. I'm mad at everybody. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of the, the segment after the match. I mean, yeah, it's Goldberg. I mean, I, I posted a thing on Curveballs and Chair Shots. I mean, Goldberg shows up to get a, a you know title match during WrestleMania Royal Rumble time. Oh, man, here we go again. And, uh, I mean, the promo, I felt like it was I, – I don't know if I, like, if I forgot something or kind of missed something, but it's like Goldberg was going, like, really heavy after Drew McIntyre saying that, like, oh, you think I – you know, all these old people can't beat you up? But it's like, I mean, yeah, I'm, like, in my physical prime, and all these people are kind of past their prime. I think I can't beat them up, Bill. Just calm, calm the F down. And then I thought Drew's response was pretty good. It's like, you know, 20 years ago, Goldberg, you probably thought the exact same thing. So why are you coming after me, old man? How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Shout out SpongeBob. When uh when Drew was like fighting, you would be like fighting my dad, mate. Did you have you seen the 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 meme of Drew's dad and Goldberg? They look like the same person. I have not seen this meme. Yes, yes. I mean, what what are your what are your thoughts about Goldberg getting another title shot? I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of it. We have, I mean, it's like it's WWE just not having enough logical contenders for their their championship. You can kind of look around. You can like pick and pluck people like what they did with Kevin Owens, but it's like you need to put time and effort into building them back up to be a main event caliber wrestler. And so you just kind of pluck Goldberg, put him in. I have, I mean, if Goldberg wins, which I don't think he will, I think people, there, there's going to be nobody in the Thunderdome, but I think people will still find a Brand- way to riot. Brandon, we didn't think Saudi Arabia would happen. Don't do it. I'm, I, I'm, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Personally, I think Randy should still be the champion. That's just my personal opinion. But I, I don't want to see that, man. I, I don't. I don't, you know. If they can have, like, a WrestleMania 33 Brock Goldberg Jace match, just boom, 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 big move after big move. We, we, we do it for four or five minutes, and then, boom, Claymore, and we go home. I'm perfectly fine with that. And I think with the Royal Rumble, no you know, fans. You're going to have to have two of them. You probably should have a fast and quick match. You know what? He should kick out of the jackhammer at one like he did the F5. Yeah. Goldberg be like, what? What? Going for that, going for that spear, boom, claymore, and that's it. We go home. We're done. I do feel the the kick out of one is an underutilized move, which I'm kind of appreciative of because I think if you overuse it, it doesn't mean as much. But I think the kick out of one can really be like a really big spot. Exactly. Like when Kenny did it last year in that tag match, you were like, what? Yeah, my boy oh, the, Ishii does it a lot. Shout uh, out Ishii. Dude, when's Ishii get? Look, I'll care. I'll, I'll care about New Japan when, when 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 Ishii like when he gets the title. Then I'll watch that stuff all the time. You, you know I love me some Tom, Tomohiro Ishii. You know I do. You know I do. I, Ishii's on the wrong side of forty at this point. I don't know if he's gonna get a run with the title anytime soon. Bro, I don't know. He 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 should. He he should. Who was a uh, who was that fifty year old dude that wrestled? Who, who was that guy? Talking about Minoru Suzuki? What are we talking no, about? no, 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 not not Suzuki. Dude wore like orange. I, oh my god, I don't know his name. I don't know his name. God. Anyway, anyway. The guy that wrestled Kenta. Yes, guy that wrestled Kenta. You're right. It is killing me that I can't remember his name, even though I see him all the damn time. There we go. Wrestle 15 card. What? 
is that fellow's name? Any what's day that, now. What's that fellow's name? What is that fellow's name? Kojima. There we yes. go. Satoshi Kojima. Thank you yes, very much. Yes, yes, yes. With Hiroshi Tenson. Absolutely. You know, shout out to the Japanese. You know, like once they get older, they truly get better. Like, you remember Hakushi from back in the day in WWF? He's like 55 and he's still killing it, man. Love those guys. All right. Uh, last up for Raw, uh, the Miz regains the Money in the Bank contract. Adam Pierce gives the Miz the contract back because Miz didn't actually cash it in. First time this has ever happened. So, I mean, this basically guarantees the Miz is going to be the WWE champion. He better, he, he better win the title. Jesus Christ. Please do. Please do. We, we, we need Mike Mazzana to be the WWE champion again, guys. I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm ready for it. What about you? Are you ready for it? Was not a big fan of Miz holding the, the briefcase after Otis had it. And now we get a whole shtick all over again, so. Did you really think Can't Otis wait. was going to win a world championship? No, he absolutely not. He doesn't need to win the world championship. He can just be like a no, fun-loving dude no, who challenges no. Roman. I'm tired. I'm tired of them bastardizing this contract. It used to mean something. This contract was on a hierarchy like the Intercontinental title at one point. It used to truly mean something. What are we doing? What are we doing? My friend Chris Jericho created this damn thing. What are we doing? Miz has the contract. Let him beat McIntyre. Let him become the WWE champion. There we go. Or actually, you know what? You know what? Let's say Goldberg does beat Drew. Miz cashes in on Goldberg. He wins. He's, he's a hero. He's an American hero. Just like in 12 rounds. Go check out Miz and all his movies. Love Miz. Love Mike. All right, ladies and gentlemen, AEW. Animate! So, the Young Bucks and SCU, they defeat people. I didn't actually see this match. I mean, it was a good match. I mean, we've seen this match a bunch in AEW and elsewhere. Good, solid Young Bucks, uh, you know, doing their thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was fine. Uh, then SCU, what they challenged the Bucks to a to a title match, you know, Gentleman's Agreement and all that all that other jazz, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, doing the thing, if SCU loses their match, then I guess they break up. So maybe that's, that's catalyst. Let's not, let's not do that. Well, let's stop doing those those kind of stimulations here. You know, Kazarian and Daniels, they're they working the same rate they did like 10 years ago. They're, they're great. They're, they're fantastic. All right. Uh, Moxley's promo, you know, cuts one in the ring. You know, we, we haven't seen him in a month and that's good. That's really good. I, I like that. Yeah, we didn't see him in the Brody Leap tribute. I mean, like physically, like in the AEW ring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that, that, that's, that, that's fine. You know, absence truly does make the heart grow fonder. Can't believe it's been a month or technically last year. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the promo was good. You know, I think Moxley is one of the very few that's uh, very good at doing the, you know, kind of quiet talking. Then he ramps it up and it's kind of like a macho man. You know what I mean? Like the cadence changes from quiet and calm to really loud and eccentric and then goes goes back down. I think he's one of the very few that's truly good at that. I mean, I, th- I thought it was a really good promo. It was, you know, kind of short and sweet, and it's almost kind of like he needs to do it. Even if uh, Moxley isn't challenging for Kenny's title anytime soon, or that's you know in the cards, he needs to estab- He needs to like acknowledge what happened, and uh, you know he he also had a promo for the U.S. title at Wrestle Kingdom. It was very short and sweet. It really wasn't anything uh, much about it. But I do agree with you. I do like his cadence. Uh, you know, some wrestlers kind of lean on the yelling a little too much to be like, you know, I'm serious. I'm yelling. Or I think Samoa Joe kind of did that maybe a little too much. 
but I think Moxley, you know, he he's calm, but he also kind of has like that scary, you know, sinister demeanor to him. almost kind of like what Jay White was doing in that post-match promo. Like he was kind of like an evil genius having a mental breakdown. And he was like, he wasn't yelling, but you can like see like this dude's crazy. And it's almost kind of like Moxley on the baby face side has that same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next up, Wardlow defeats the big heart, Jake Hager with the F10. What do you think of their, their match finally happening? I mean, the match finally happened. It wasn't the uh, sexiest match in the world, but Wardlow getting whoa, the win. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> was their match supposed to be sexy? I mean, I mean, if they wanted to be sick, it could have been a lot sex. I mean, I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hager's a an, an interesting looking being, and you know, Wardlow's got some chops on him, but you know, you know, we don't sexualize athletes on this show, Philip. No, whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I didn't say we were sexualizing athletes. You were sexualizing matches, but we're okay. It's okay to sexualize matches, but not athletes. Exactly, because because okay. matches aren't like a, a a being; it's just like a concept. Okay. Oh, oh, we sexualize concepts, not beings. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? That's why I keep him around. This is exactly why. For the, for for those of you that say, "Oh, he doesn't bring the energy," to hell with all of you. Yeah, I got your back, exactly. buddy. Exactly. Yeah. But anyways, not the best match in the world, but I think it was the right decision to put Wardlow over here. I think keeping him semi undefeated. I think it's a good move. Hager, I mean, it's Hager. Don't know what they're exactly doing. Maybe him and Jericho are doing the tag team thing. Maybe not. But uh, we did see something with MJF kind of, you know, trying to console him. She's like, it's okay, buddy. Don't know what's going on with that. But uh, I think good move. Wardlow wins, as he should. Can we just put the titles on uh, on on MJF and Jericho? Can we just do that? No. Especially no. now the Bucks are heels, I guess. Oh. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, there was a TNT championship way in. Yay. You have Team Taz all show up. You have Darby debut the uh, new TNT title. Uh, so, yeah. The Cage hops on the scale. 272. But, you know, I'm, really, he with the clothing he had on, I'd say he's about – it was it was light. I'd say he's about 270.3. That, that's the route I'd go. And, you know, uh, Darby hops on the scale with all this stuff. He said he's 170, but in reality, all that clothing, he's, he's about he's about 167.6. So, I mean, that's that's a whole 100-pound difference, as as they mentioned. You know, Taz told uh, Tony Schiavone, get your white ass out of here. The lights go off, and, oh, my God, it's Sting. Yeah, I'm, I'm really getting sick and tired of this. This is, what, the seventh week in a row? He just shows up with the bat. We're not, we're not doing nothing. Like, dude, at least whack somebody in the head with it, you know? I think we're getting to that point. I uh -oh. think next week, he's going to whack someone in the head with the bat. Finally. Finally. Jesus Christ. I've Maybe it's waiting. Darby. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I think he's going he's gonna to probably just, you know, I was going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I feel like he's going to hit them with the bat, you know, the Team Taz guys, and uh, Darby gets the win that way. What were you, what were you going to say? Text it. Te just text it to me. Text it to me. There we go. There okay, we go. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, we have the American Nightmare, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, Cody Rhodes, accompanied by his coach, Snoop D-O-double-G. Hey, one, two, three into the foe. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at your dough. Hey, prayers up for Dr. Dre, man. You know, he had a brain aneurysm. Seems like he's doing better. He took to his Instagram. Uh, um, we, we, need a, we need Dre. 
we, we, <laughs> we need Dre to be okay. We, we do. All right. So uh, he goes up against Matt Seidel. Uh, it, was an, it was an interesting match, you know. Cody, C- Cody does things. Matt does things. All in all, Cody gets the win. Uh, Cody accidentally ran into, what, Ser- Serpentico? Is that how we say his name? Serpentico? Serpentico. Serpentico, yeah. And then, you know, Serpentico and Luther start attacking those guys. And, um, yeah, they, they, they get the upper hand. They hold him down. And then Snoop hits the the, uh, the dog pound splash. Ooh, 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 should you call ooh, it dog? Should it be the dog pound splash or uh, should it be doggy style? What should we do? I think it should have been doggy style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how he wrestles. He wrestles doggy style. Yeah, absolutely. It was the name of the first album. It just makes sense. I mean, that, that was. I mean, that was his jacket. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what'd you think of the match? The match. The match was good. I mean, you know, the top tier baby face with like kind of the mid level baby face kind of wrestling back and forth. You know, good good athletic stuff. Uh, I don't even know how many times they've really wrestled in WWE. So I mean, it was fine. It was all just kind of a catalyst for the Go Big Show that they're really plugging. It's today on TBS, if you didn't know, January 7th. Yes, yes. Plastered all over the ring, if you didn't know. Go Big Show. Go Big Show. Are you going to watch tonight, Brandon? I mean, you kind of have to. Probably not, but I feel like it's going to be one of those shows that is just plastered everywhere, and they just rerun it into the ground that sooner or later I'll just kind of just throw it on if I'm, like, in between commercials watching sports or something. Really? I mean, Cody Rhodes isn't enough for you? Snoop Dogg? Burt Kreischer? Or Burt Kreischer? Kreischer. Have you seen his machine stand up? Have you seen that? I've seen it like a thousand times. That's all my brother watches. That is one of the funniest things I've ever. On the machine! It's one of the funniest things ever. And I mean, Rosario Dawson, that should be motive enough. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, Marvel and Disney legend. Shout yes. out to Sasha Banks. Hitting a tornado DDT on Boba Fett. Absolutely. You know what? You're completely re- lost right now, aren't you? No, the Mandalorian. I, I'm aware. I, I but, have, but you didn't see her. Hit a tornado DDT on Boba Fett. No, 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 I didn't. I, I did see the rock bottom hit. I did see the rock hit a rock bottom in one of his movies once. That's about it. Um, Snoop Dogg, you know, did a custom theme song for Cody. Sasha's going to be on SmackDown. Snoop with uh, with, with two, two wrestling theme songs for different companies in the same week. That's impressive. I did like how Jericho was on commentary and was like, Snoop jumped to AEW. Snoop jumped to AEW. I thought that was funny. I did like how Snoop went over and like dapped up everyone. And then right after Chris Jericho was like, I still hate him. Like, okay, Chris, yeah, you do. Whatever. <laughs> um, all right. So, oh God, this was terrible. Hikaru Shida defeats Abandon to retain the woman's title. Abaddon. Uh, look, guys, if, if we're going to do the fake blood thing, can we at least get a capsule? Like, you could tell, like, a couple minutes into the match, like the, 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 uh, or not after they come from under the ring, you could tell that it was all just dried up paint on, a uh, car Rashida's neck. Get some capsules, bro. Like what are we doing? Yeah, this was really bad. I mean, I know the women's division isn't exactly the best in the world, but I think this is still on the lower level of women's division stuff we've seen from AEW. And I'm, I'm just glad that they, Sheeta wins. I hope they just kind of move forward don't do anything else with this, but it's also like, I don't know where else are they, like where else do they go with the women's division? Thunder Rose and Britt Baker are doing their thing. Maybe whoever wins that few can come out and face Sheeta, but just pull some women from, wait, isn't Nyla Rose the number one contender? What the hell are we doing? 
it's that's also like the thing we've seen that match so many times that i mean Sheeta gets like the best out of nyla rose like don't get me wrong but it's like how many times do we have to see that match over and over again especially because we don't see Sheeta all the time it's like we'll see her have a squash match and then she'll have like a title match out of nowhere and it's usually like nyla rose or like serena deeb or thunder rosa um can we just go to impact can we get ty valkyrie can we get jordan grace hell jazz is out of retirement can we get her I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch a jazz match in AEW. I'm, I'm not about. Once again, to that. we. I mean, we had Abaddon do her thing. Can we actually get like the real Abaddon and get like Rosemary or Sue Young doing instead? Can we get Jessica Havoc? Can, can we get her? Can, can we do that? I don't know. Um, Kenny Omega puts the AEW title on the line against Ray Phoenix, and uh, they went hard in the paint. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This 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 was good. This match was sexy. Oh well, it was it it it, 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 it was glorified sex. No blue chew needed. Oh hey. No, the, the, six every, to midnight, real quick. Everybody was full out of attention. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. W- would you say this was doggy style? I mean, doggy style. As of this moment in the ring, doggy style was not very good. Okay. Doggy style needs to put some work in, as I said. Absolutely. Yeah. This was a. Uh, th- this was fake chow with Jace. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, the, the the match the match was really good. You know, Phoenix does what Phoenix does. Phoenix is just so raw, bro. Like I know I've criticized the flippy ish. In the past, but like when it comes to Phoenix, I don't care, bro. Like he can he can do all the flips he wants. He's just hella raw. Yeah, I mean Phoenix is just he's so smooth in the ring. And Kenny, I mean he's Kenny. I mean I I feel like we I think you touched on a little earlier that with all these matches, I mean Kota Bushi doing his thing and NXT going head to head like kind of two pay per view TV shows going head to head. I think Kenny and Phoenix really came out and wanted to do something special. I'm not saying this is like the best match of the year or anything or be- the best match out of those like four shows, but I mean, it was a really good match, and I thought they delivered uh, hard-hitting style, you know, flippy-doos and everything like that. I think they, with no storyline really in this match, I think they really carried it athletically. Absolutely. Uh, yes, after that, you know, Omega gets the win, and then uh, John Moxley shows up and said, you know, he he told Kenny earlier on that I'm going to get my revenge. And I've been waiting for something like this to happen, dude. The Good Brothers make a run in. Uh, they had the Impact Tag Team titles on them. They're just beating people down. And I, I was like, yeah, this is what's up. Yeah. Because, I mean, they weren't in, I mean, they were in Bullet Club together for a quick second, you know, because, uh, I mean, they, they were in Bullet Club together for a little bit, but then, you know, they left when AJ left. They weren't a part of the Bullet Club when Kenny was leader. No, no, they they weren't. I mean, yeah, Kenny was leader. You're right. You're right. You're right. I, I had to think about that for a second. They they weren't. And then um, you know, the Young Bucks come out, and you know, all those guys haven't been together in quite some time. About what? Almost five years. Almost five years. So yeah, that, that was that, that was interesting, man. It was it was an interesting sight. And you know, the Bucks they were kind of like, oh, should we do this? You know, he's but he's our friend. You know, we, we love them despite what's going on with them right now. Yeah, and I, I thought that was cool. So are they are they just going to be called the elite? I guess they so they when they ran down next week's card, they said, oh, the elite will be in action, which that I assume that means Kenny and the Young Bucks. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like Kenny's the heel. The Bucks are pretty much baby faced at the moment. Like, how are they going to really explain that? And I'm not saying like it tipped their hand by any means. But now that they did this, this angle, it, I mean, it makes sense. And the Bucks they were kind of playing, you know, kind of back and forth of what they were doing. The super kick to, uh, was it Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman? They, yeah, you know, the, they, the varsity blondes. 
I like they, 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 they super kicked uh, the, the young boys basically. And, uh, you know, they kind of reluctantly put up the two sweet. They can't exactly say too sweet. I mean, Jericho just yelling, that's the hand signal or whatever the, he called it. But, uh, and that's where the fans go, whoop, whoop, too sweet. Whoop. You know, you know that thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how they're going to play this out. I just assume the Bucks are going to just join them and maybe they have one more faction to the, uh, to AEW. But I think it's almost kind of like cements. Adam Page is the one that needs to like beat Kenny for the title. Like that needs to happen now, especially now the young bucks and Kenny are reunited. Like Page is the one that has to win. So let's say, I mean, cause they kicked Adam out of the elite Cody. Is he, is he still, I mean, he has like his nightmare family thing going on. So is he still elite? Do we know? I don't know, but he can't challenge for the title. That's, that's, that's true. Do you think Cody will be like, if you can't beat him, join him thing? Do you think we'll do that? I mean, I've been speculating about Cody turning heel. I just don't think if Cody's turning, he needs to be the guy. And I don't think him just being part of a faction, like when he was a part of the bullet club, it didn't really work too much for me personally. Like, I mean, yeah, he was entertaining with the being the elite stuff, but it was like, he wasn't, he didn't stand out. I think as much as I think he would, if he was the leader or just alone. What do you mean? He did become the leader for a little bit. They had that match at Supercard of Honor and Cody won. It was for Control of the Bullet Club. Sorry. So long ago, I just forgot. Wow. Cody has accomplishments. You don't want to remember them. He just has so many. He has so many. I mean, if we're talking about Cody's era of the Bullet Club, like, I mean, I was already watching, like, Bullet Club-ish, but that's when I went, like, hard in the paint because, like, oh, it's from WWE. I, 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 I like, you know, Stardust and all this stuff. Let me really tune in. And, I mean, he his star, his star did rise from being in the Bullet Club. We, we can't lie. You know, it, it did help elevate him to where he became the draw, like, on the independent scene for, for quite some time. So, I mean, it's it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. It will be interesting to yes, see yes 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 all right ladies and gentlemen superstar spotlight who do we got who do we got i'm giving it to the elite boys you know gallows anderson uh omega bucks for 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 an interesting end to dynamite something that gets the people talking gets the mouths just chappering yeah and i'm gonna give the superstar spotlight to a person in a match i have not even seen yet but i have very high expectations finn balor nxt champion retains against kyle o'reilly I mean, everyone's talking about. Why'd you spoil it? Spoiler alert! It already happened. I mean, I, no, I le- I legit didn't know. Well, there you wow. go. Wow! How you gonna do that to me, man? Well, I mean, I, I I'm not gonna be honest. Uh, I had the Wrestle Kingdom main event spoiled for me because your boy was trying to watch it live and I was a little tired. Go to sleep, wake up, and I just see Ibushi on the stage holding up both titles. Like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Damn you, internet. Why can't you guys just hold off? Why can't you guys just wait? Like, blame, cool- NX, blame NXT's Instagram. If I didn't like run into it, I probably wouldn't have said anything. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. He got a, he got a little, Finn got another boo-boo. He got a little bloody. I, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, Brandon, promo pick of the week. What is it? Well, the promo pick of the week, we're going to go back in time all the way to September 23rd, 2020. Going to remember some Brody Lee stuff. He has some harsh words for old Cody Rhodes. This was the promo where Brody... Uh, came or Cody came back and they are going to the dog collar. And this is where Brody introduces the dog collar and challenges Cody for the match. Uh, we talked about, you know, maybe people yelling a little too much. I think Brody was yelling a lot, but I think in the moment 
everything that was kind of happening at the time. I think this kind of deserved to be kind of a more yelling promo, but it also kind of shows like this was really kind of the stuff that Brody w- was doing very, very good in AEW. Absolutely. What did you think of the Brody Lee tribute show? I thought it was just absolutely fantastic. Kind of hard to watch at the beginning uh, when John Silver pinned, uh, you know, got the win and he started balling. And then Eric Rowan came out. Sorry, Eric Redbeard. Don't want to get DMCA'd. Uh, I mean, that was really emotional in the tribute at the end. By far the best show of the year for 2020. I'm not watching it ever again. I, I watched it once and that's good enough for me. Absolutely. It was a. Uh... It was it was it was very well done. You know, wins and losses didn't need to matter that night. It was just about honoring the life of uh, Brody Lee. And uh, I mean, his son got signed to a contract, so whenever he's getting ready to to to, to step in between them ropes, he has a job. So that's cool, man. Negative uh, that... one versus Nicholas coming at a double or nothing, twenty thirty two. Yeah, there we go. You know what else is twenty thirty two? When I run for the presidency of our country, if that is even a thing anymore. Ah, oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, well, we got 13 days before uh, the lunatic is out of office. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see, you know. Stay Our... tuned. Next week, we'll have a Brody Lee match. Absolutely, absolutely. Close match pick of the week. Uh, Mick Foley versus The Rock for the WWE Championship Monday Night Raw, January 4th, 1999. This is known as the day um, in wrestling in which, you know, the, people change the channel. Uh, Eric Bischoff said, oh, yeah, Mick Foley's going to win their world title because this was actually taped on uh, December 28th of 1998. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, spoilers alert or whatever. And everybody flipped flipped the channel to see. And, you know, a massive pop that uh, Mick Foley got as he was crowned the WWE Championship. That would be the first of two others he would go on to win in his illustrious career. Yeah. Yeah, I mean not exactly like the best match in the world, but it just showed like with the ad share, just all these characters are just so over the rock mankind. It was, I don't know if it was like an officially a lumberjack match, but there was just wrestlers everywhere. And then got, you know, I got to bring up my boy, old stone cold. People talk about it. I think this is by far the biggest pop single pop just in the history of wrestling period. Stone cold comes out, hits rock with the uh, steel chair, mankind covers one, two, three, boom. And then, just the crowd just going absolutely ape. Boy. Yes, ape-ish, ape-ish, absolutely. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's going to do it. Thank you guys for joining us for our first podcast of 2021. Really enjoyed it. Brandon and I will be back as always, uh, you know, as this, this is what we do. This is the first of many this year, man. Are you excited? Woo! Yay! Yay! Yeah, all that good stuff. All right, follow us on Twitter at Bullocast, Instagram, The Bullocast, YouTube channel, The Bullocast, email us Bullocast2, as in the number two suite, SWET at gmail.com, 99.9 FM, KW, Watsonville, every Thursday night from uh, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, Patreon, $5 tiers. Here's some uh, un- unreleased, unreleased stuff. All right, all right. I guess that's going to do it for us. Stay clean, stay strong, stay safe, stay quarantined. Diamonds are forever. So is the microphone messiah. Once again, happy new year, everybody. Red alert, this is gonna when your face is in the dirt, you'll know your death is what This has been the Bullocast. Thank you for listening.